Take your seats. We have such sights to show you. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. And I'm the voyeuristic planet. I'm in your backyard watching you take a shit. I'm <laughs> Hannah. Uh, why are you watching me take a shit? My what? question is why are you taking a shit in your backyard? <laughs> Times are tough. Aliens, maybe in your trees. I guess so. Gotta do what you gotta yeah. do. Turn off my plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so this week we are doing something a little bit different, Um, in part because of the strikes going on currently in Hollywood, and in part because this is a topic that, I can't speak for both of you guys, but I feel particularly passionate about Mm -hmm. analog horror. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah, when we were talking about ideas for episodes, we thought it would be fun to cover some analog horror series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I, I find I guess, analog horror at this stage, just because I've seen so many horror movies and I kind of know what sort of tropes and narrative structures to expect. Analog horror really gets under my skin in a different way because I, I don't yeah. know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. The rules are entirely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, we're, this series like really got me last night. I was like sitting there scared. Um, we are covering Gemini Home Entertainment today. Yes, which is my personal favorite analog horror because it delves into cosmic horror, which mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. I I think maybe we should do a bit of an explanation for those who aren't up to date on what analog horror Hell, is. Hell, even me could use an explanation sometimes, too, because I'm not exactly clear on the rules, which is part of the fun. Well, mm-hmm. it's a very, very new genre, so I don't really think there are established rules. So this is... Um, like, a fully created by the internet, basically. And, um, you know, it might be worth, like, someday doing either a video essay or, like, a podcast on just explaining the history of analog horror, because there's a lot that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it's horror series that are often presented in a found footage sort of format, and um presented on the internet and um kind of harkens back to like the 80s and 90s which is why it's called analog horror because it's like um the vibe it's supposed to give you is like, like you're watching a strange old, VH- yeah like yeah, a, VHS a home tapes. movie or weird like a video VHS game tape. something and, that's like both very tangible but also yeah, not early video games yeah, mm-hmm. like, sometimes there are some that incorporate video game elements, but it'll be, like, PS1 or, like, mm-hmm. early Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of it kind of captures this nostalgic vibe, but also very spooky. It's presenting, like, weird tapes about the world. So one of the, probably, I would consider Marble Hornets to be I would too. Horror. Yeah, I um, think so, too. That would be, like, one of the... Yeah, there's there's some of the overlap between this and found footage. Yeah, and then also like some overlap of this and creepy pasta. It's like those mm-hmm. those urban legends, like 
like stuff that you Five Nights at Freddy's has been lumped into there occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, stuff that, like, anything that gives you the vibe of, like, something you would come across on the very early internet, like, on some strange website or, you know, a, a, in the depths of a forum or something. I this from a VHS, check this out, and then it's like, I don't know, weird, yeah. weird stuff happening. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I have really enjoyed this kind of stuff for a while because I think that it provides people with the opportunity to create something even when you don't have a lot of money and resources. Because making mm-hmm. a movie costs, like, you know, at, like, a million dollars even for something like... I mean, even, like, the Blair Witch Project costs, like several thousand dollars and Mm -hmm. that's something that a lot of people just don't have Mm -hmm. but analog horror you can create very easily if you have you know a laptop and some creativity you can basically you can tell a very compelling story with very little Mm -hmm. and i think that's part of what draws a lot of people to the genre too is it's not explicit like it's not showing you a lot you know you don't need to see ghosts or blood or guts or a lot of big scares it's very subtle and a lot mm-hmm. of it is implied and you don't see very much but it i i think what that gets me about idea. it is there's an anticipation of something going to happen mm-hmm. and like the more you wait for it the more like it gets you like it's not particularly scary but the build-up is is very nerve-wracking it's like what are they gonna show you and um, something that scares me about analog horror is a lot of the times, like with this one, they remove the filter of like a point of view character. Like it feels like you're watching the VHSs, you as a person. There's not like you're watching this mm-hmm. character watch the VHSs. It's like it feels like they're talking mm-hmm. directly to you. You feel more directly involved in the story mm-hmm. uh, because there's not this yeah. filter of narrative to protect you. Yeah. This and um, Skinnamarink kind of have the same vibe. I was going to say that, which is funny because, like, the creator of Skinnamarink did get a start creating videos online. Yeah. Um, get Skinnamarink, idiot. Yeah. So do you guys have, so, yeah, like we said, we're talking about Gemini Home Entertainment today, but do you guys have any other analog horror series that you really enjoy? I know about the Walton Files, but I don't really... Like, I, I don't really know much about it besides that it got really popular for a little bit and then then I didn't hear anything about it anymore. So I have actually um, consumed the what is out there of the Walton Me Files. Too. You've consumed I, it. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it because some elements of it are games and some elements of it are videos. Mm-hmm. It feels very Five Nights at Freddy's influenced, um, but it has... Um, Enough yeah, of its own it's story and its own, um, mm-hmm. like, I actually like the simplicity of the Walton Files, like, story more than Five Nights at Freddy's, because Five Nights at Freddy's gets a little convoluted and a little mimetic on a I level agree. where I can't fully take it as seriously as I take the Walton Files, whereas I feel like they have a very simple story, they execute it, and it leaves you with this very creepy, hollow feeling, which I, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I also think that there's so there's the back rooms which I have not yet gotten into. I want to play that so bad. I've heard of it, but I've never. Yeah. Um, um, Marble Hornets. I've seen a little bit of. I have not, but we're planning on doing that because uh, we have plans. I'll just say that. I don't want to give too much away. There's yeah. <laughs> I guess those are like a lot of the the big ones that people talk about. I mean, there's others too. Um, there's like um one that I've heard. This one was even based on like Channel Fifty Eight. Yeah, Channel Local 57. Fifty Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Local Fifty Eight. I have seen a little bit of that. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Marty, do you have mm-hmm. any? I'm not really super experienced with analog horror besides this, and it's not something that I really try to seek out, but I might have to look more into it just because this one was really good, and um, yeah, I just I just don't tend to watch, like, I don't know, horror series on YouTube. Um, I just, I'm more of a movie guy, so. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah. So oh, absolutely. And one thing that's a little interesting about this is that even though every episode is only like I think at most 9 minutes, yeah. Maybe. Um but it does let you sit in this very uncomfortable silent space or space where you hear like very repetitive music. So like it's not mm-hmm. as punchy or fast-paced as like a typical movie would be. Yeah. Yeah. And um I think that Definitely, like, there there are lots of different ideas presented, but it's up to you how you interpret those ideas. I mean, there is a storyline, but, like, it's just vague enough that you can bring your own interpretation to it. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I really dig. So, let's Absolutely. delve into Gemini Home Entertainment. So, I don't even know... Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much we really... How much do we really want to talk about here in regards to, like plot description i mean do we want to leave a lot of it a a surprise i mean there's not really much of a plot it's more like revealing certain things that are going on in this world well i think there's two elements to it there's the execution and the story Mm -hmm. so the execution is like gemini home entertainment do you mind if i go in go Go for it It's like this uh, VHS company that seems to mostly release videos regarding safety precautions and nature, informational documentaries, like the stuff that your substitute teacher would put on if you were like a teacher in the early 2000s or the late 90s. Like the episode one is about, let me look it up. I have it pulled up here. World's weirdest animals. Yeah, the animal facts. (laughs) Yeah, so it'll like say, um, here's Minnesota. And here's some animals, the great prairie chicken and the burrowing owl. And then it will introduce, like, scary elements, but present them as the same thing as presenting, like, a burrowing owl. Like, then this a new animal shows up called the woodcrawler, and mm-hmm. it says they're found all over North America. And they're excellent hunters and prefer the homes of large families where swarms can adapt more easily. And presenting this information is totally normal with the happy music in the background. So it feels really like fucking weird. And then it shifts to um, found footage style where like a cameraman is like hanging out around this home and you see someone like standing in the window, twitching and looking really weird. And then he makes eye contact with the camera guy and like runs after him. And then like the video just ends. And then like the whole thing kind of resets with this pattern of, uh, presenting normal information in an informational way and then adding elements of like 
background of these creatures that eventually build to create this narrative of an invasion happening from this planet called the Iris, which has basically invaded our galaxy and has in my, this is where it starts to get a little like, I think different people have different interpretations of what's going on. Like we know there are these creatures called uh, wood crawlers and they like have these giant spindly legs and we know there are these things. I can't remember what they're called. They, but they can in- impersonate humans. Skin change? No, that's not Skinwalkers. it. Skinwalkers. Walkers. Yeah. Thank you. Which is a iffy, iffy term to say out loud, but this yeah. is what they are referred to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because isn't there some um, Native American kind of influence yes. yeah. in that name? Yeah. So, um, but I think like the way I was interpreting it here was like oh, this is a concept, like, this is the word that humans can use for it. Like, this is the closest word we have for this concept. Mm -hmm. Because what is being presented here is very, very different from the Native American beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was thinking, like, it's kind of the same thing. Like, the woodcrawlers are, like, what is possessing the humans and, like, impersonating them is the interpretation Mm -hmm. that I had. Mm -hmm. And, like... We also have a video about a disease called deep root disease or something yeah deep root syndrome yeah and, and there's um a flower a plant species called nature's mockery mm-hmm. so all of these concepts are kind of related and um Ooh, who's listening to music somebody outside in their car howdy <laughs> sorry it's the wood crawlers um, they're trying to yeah. get us. But then, yeah, they'll tell you, like, uh, how they try to get inside your home. They'll, like, start knocking at the door to lure you outside. Or they'll start screaming. And there's one video that really freaked me out where you see someone who has been changed into it. And they're, like, just standing in a field with, like, assumingly a blank expression. You don't really see their face. But they're just, like, screaming help. But they, like, are just standing there. And then they're, like, kind of mm-hmm. shambling towards you. And it's really fucking unnerving. Like, that's mm-hmm. really scary. And there's one video about, like, playing children's games that's kind of, a, in my interpretation, a metaphor for how this invade goes with these um, skin creatures where, like, first they... They're describing, like, hide-and-seek and sardines mm-hmm. and, te- like, freeze-tag. And then there's another game they introduce uh, called Feed the Woods, where you, like go into the middle of the woods and make sure no one's around and then like scream for help and make sure someone comes to you and then the woods they get you mm-hmm. there's yeah, also we get, we get a few videos about like technologies like being presented by a technology company of like look at our artificial intelligence computing but the computer is like clearly just reading messages from like a strange being like it's mm-hmm. very interesting. Uh, my favorite one is the one, and I think this is also the one that kind of explains the most of what's going on. It's the one about the um, space. Oh, the probe. Yeah. This, yeah. A probe that was sent through the solar system. And there is another video early on about our solar system. That's a little eerie. It'll talk about like Jupiter has a storm, but it's not an eye. 
And then they, this is kind of. And it says it's a flesh wound, like, underneath, and it, like, just flashes that it's a flesh wound. This is kind of where they start to introduce, like, the concept of the iris. And, um, so then we get the second space exploration video, which is, like, following this probe and showing, like, pictures it's taken of different planets. So we get to Jupiter and Saturn and things are a little funky. And then we get to Neptune, which is like super weird. Like Neptune has basically been mutated Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. the way this is described. And it looks different. And then um, the probe also takes some pictures of the iris. And it talks about the iris's moons, which are all just very funky looking like they're named stuff fleshy. like cyst or like viscera. Yeah, they're kind of fleshy, kind of not shaped like a moon. Mm-hmm. And then they start showing that like some of Jupiter's moons have mutated as well and have started like like sticking together and like they they all just like look very teratoma like. And it's so incredibly <laughs> yeah. smart because due to the evolution of technology back then, the pixels were a lot bigger. So the images would be a lot blurrier. So it's easier to create an image like that where, like, it is Neptune, but it's fucked up. But it doesn't, you don't have to have, like, the high-resolution editing technology to still look real because of the time period that this is set in. I think it's, like, what, the late 90s? So, like, it looks, for the time, period accurate of, like, there are some things where you can tell it's like more of an artist's design and I really like that. Like I don't hold it against it. I think the artistry is actually fucking phenomenal with this um series, but like it's it just mashes with this very unsettling kind of uncanny valley of like I know this is fake, but boy it feels weirdly kind of real. There's also this um underlying there is like a semi narrative like amidst these like tales of the invasion. There's like this campsite where it seems like the the first contact was made when the the iris made like spread its disease to earth because it seems like this planet is the main controller we don't actually know if it wants anything beyond to just spread um but it like it has mm-hmm. infested all of our planets in our galaxy and now earth is next and so it seems like it touched ground on this campsite in the 1930s 40s yeah, I want to say 30s, like and like there are documents of this, um, where like the people at first think it's like a message from God, and then it starts to fuck them up. Like it twists, like the root twists their bones and makes them into these like root flesh kind of creatures. And there's these supplemental videos after the the main uh, Gemini home entertainment videos, which is again the informational and then the creepy shit but then there's these three things afterwards but yeah these supplemental um articles wretched hands shifting tendons old bones come from the perspective of the people at this campsite as they um see what this creature does to them and like the i think the creepiest one is the shifting tendons one where it's barry johnson's case of deep roots disease because that's one of my deepest fears is like body modification in that way and like he's you see the art of him it's barely human it's just these weird creeping vein like tendrils it looks like to me that it 
It looks like a nervous system that someone just like ripped all the skin and bones and organs off of. It like literally just like a brain and nerves. Yeah, and, and then it's they really freaky. The and the eyes and the the yeah, eyes look at that the he's camera still alive, and they like try to oh, interview yeah. him, yeah. and all it does at first is just repeat back what they're saying to him. And it's just like you don't get any answers as to what it wants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just it's literally nature's mockery. Like you don't know. You don't know what he, if what he's thinking, why he's thinking it, or what's going on. You just know he's been corrupted and he's no longer a person. And that's and then they cut to these like weird I think it's in the next one, old bones, where they cut to these image of trees and roots that have like taken over the campsite and like they point out these weird twisted parts of the roots that used to be the camp the people at the campsite and they're mentioned throughout the gemini home entertainment videos like especially there's mm-hmm. one that's like about the campsite itself and kind of like an advertisement for it and there's one that's a video game where you actually get to run around the campsite and see the little bunker beneath and then get like surrounded by the the i want to make sure i'm saying this right because again i know it's, it's walkers yes um, so yeah, you get surrounded by them and it's just, it's so cool the more you learn about what happened in this one story because then it gives more context to the Gemini Home Entertainment videos. But again, even that story is like supplemental to this overall effect of just creepy world building. I don't know. I yeah. I want to touch on the Christmas party episode. Yeah. Um... Because um, we, so it's basically like these people out in a cabin and they're having this Christmas party and then uh, it like cuts to like outside and like in the woods and you see like this like creepy like hand coming out of the woods and then it'll cut to the, to the cabin and it's like on the roof and it's like crawling down on the side and then it cuts to inside the house and and this thing has like pressed up against the windows and you can see it and it's like really freaky and it it got got me pretty bad um and uh you find out in like another episode that this thing has been calling itself mary um and and then um in an earlier episode, there's that AI, like, story thing mm. um, about Jack crossing the river and Mary following behind. I'm not sure if we ever find out who Jack is, but that's who he Mary is. He is brought up a few more times. So, yeah. like, in... There's one episode that's, like, Jack's wilderness survival guide, and so I assume it's talking about the same Jack. And then, mm-hmm. like, he... Comes up again in another of the videos. There's like a bit. There's one that's like the sleep image visualization. Oh yeah, and like you see a footage of him lying in bed and like being watched by something. Okay. And so this comes back in the space probe episode because the probe, as it gets closer to the iris, it starts to be consumed, and it's like basically inside the iris, and it's taking pictures of like what the inside looks like and it'll say things like well this is the esophagus and this is that but it's like nothing like a normal um body or digestive system and then it has a moment where it's like 
approaching the deep consciousness of the iris and the next photo is just that photo like a point of view of watching the man lying in bed Mm -hmm. so it's like the probe has gone deep enough inside the iris that like now it sees what the iris sees and i'm assuming that like the iris can see everything that the wood crawlers and all these different little creatures on earth can see like once you've become possessed you basically get like assimilated mm-hmm. yeah and that's like my take on it it's like kind of a it's it's a very parasite, um sending like parasites sort yeah. of it's like invasion of the body snatchers almost. it is it's very yeah, that. that's kind of what it reminds me and of. um what is it there you might have mentioned this but it one thing that really creeped me out during the probe thing was then they cut to that shot that was in like the the dream technology thing where the guy's just laying in bed and like, mm-hmm. it looks like it's looking at him and I'm like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very, very unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit in our last episode, the Block Island Sound, about cosmic horror. Mm-hmm. And I think this series in particular does cosmic horror so well. Yeah. Because again, we're not really told what the iris wants it just seems more like it's a force of nature and this is what Mm -hmm. it does yeah and it feels uh, a lot like the cortisol or the cordyceps in like the last of us where it's like it's not a hive mind with any goal it's just it's spreading because that's what nature in this form does yeah Mm -hmm. and um it makes me feel very small and very powerless which is you know the joy of cosmic that that you are very very small in a very very big universe and there are some weird things out there that the human mind cannot possibly comprehend Mm -hmm. and we are all just ants in a jar and i think that that kind of idea is very interesting and fun um, I know a lot of people do get like more easily unsettled by it. It's um definitely an exercise in like feeling helpless. Yeah. And I like feeling like that because I'm kind of a control freak. Mm-hmm. So it's for me it feels very cathartic to confront that fear. It's like a lot of stuff is not in your control and so yeah, you can't I mean that's worry how about it. Yeah, that's how life works. That's how the universe works. We can't control nature mm-hmm. and space i mean maybe one day the earth will get swallowed by the sun and there's literally nothing we could possibly yeah, do and it reminds it. you uh, like yeah. we as humans have prescribed rules to these things and explanations for these things but in reality we're just learning with the information we have and there's a whole giant fucking universe and galaxies out there of things we haven't even discovered yet just because we physically can't so the possibilities are endless and the knowledge we have is always going to be limited. So the fact that like everything you know can just be blown mm-hmm. out of the water in seconds is fantastic. Like there's no there is no real way to beat this thing. Like no there is no like path that is presented that can help. The closest thing comes in like the I, I can't remember. I think it's the break in no no no, it's not break in one, it's the storm shelter thing where they can like basically hide. You can hide in your storm shelter and try to, like, get out of its way, but you can't stop it. Mm, That feels much more realistic, honestly, because, like, when you think of big things that are outside of our control, like, you know, COVID or 
big natural disasters or like you know when you think about as a kid and you're told like millions of meteors are like flying past us or the sun's gonna explode we can't stop it that's just gonna happen Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so which one of these shorts was you guys' favorite I really liked the Christmas party one. Um, I also like um, the dream one really got me because like Mm. I've had dreams that felt like that before where like somebody is like standing in my doorway and I can't really see their face. Um, But it's just like a dark silhouette and I can't really do anything. I can't move out of bed to like, you know, get away from it. Um, (laughs) Fun. It's fun. No, it's not. It's a. It's probably the scariest dream that I've ever had, honestly. Um, Just, like, somebody's hand coming in through the door and opening it, and all I can see is just a dark Mm -hmm. outline. Yeah. I think um, mine is the home invasion help video, where at first it seems like it's a video that's trying to teach you how to um, protect yourself from home invaders. But then halfway through it switches, and it's, like, a video for the crawlers how to break in. Here's how to like, break people in. People will come to the door <laughs> yeah. if you knock very loudly. Or cry for help and they will come get you. Or like your prey will move this way so you have to do this. And it's just, it's such a creepy Because that's the other thing is like we all, at least um, people of a certain age, have familiarity with this kind of entertainment and these kind of educational videos. And there's almost a comfort level that's taken for granted with them of like, oh, I know how this goes oh, I've seen these videos, I know what to expect. And then that's how mm-hmm. they subtly put those things in there that, like, betray your trust if you're not paying attention. And it's so deliciously unnerving. I really like it. One thing I had a question for y'all. Um, do you th- What do you think is the... Do you think the tapes or Gemini Home Entertainment itself has a place in this story? Like, where does it fit? in the narrative of this invasion do you think like someone got infected who's like behind the scenes or did the tapes themselves get like infected by the root or like do you have some other theory or do you not care i think it's a bit of both so i think it's been like it's an attempt to try to survive this and an attempt to like send messages and try to like help people survive but uh, along the way like some of these tapes are very clearly presented from the um the entity's perspective so i think maybe along the way whoever is making it might have gotten corrupted or yeah maybe it's the tapes themselves it's it is a bit unclear, but they do show the computers having those tendrils around it. Yeah. So I think part of it is yeah, like the tape somehow has a little bit of the consciousness in it and so like it'll switch it up halfway through just because mm-hmm. this thing has the ability to do that. That's like kind of the other thing that's unsettling about it though is I think like you don't really know which mm-hmm. point of view this um tape is being presented from mm-hmm. and so i think that a lot of these shorts use that idea to subvert your mm-hmm. expectations like the home invasion one um so yeah i think it's a little bit of both yeah yeah and one thing i i just now thought is like maybe because the 
the entity kind of combines all consciousness with itself is that first maybe like it's like someone who first gets infected who's trying to fight back and like that consciousness manifests in the videos of like run get out get out of here and then eventually it just succumbs i think the only one that like if it is being made by somebody who wants us to survive, I think the only one that hasn't really been touched is, um, like, the one about the bunker. Cause, well, like, even that, that one is presenting a lot of conflicting messages. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, stay in your house, get in the hole where you can't get out. So, oh, I didn't even think about that, because before I did take it for granted, again, the safety of the video's format. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll hide in my basement. But then you're trapped yeah yeah i um oops (laughs) um i i do love so i love that you brought up like yeah these videos feel very safe like in their tone in their music um i want to talk about that because i do find this genre to be very comforting in a strange way because i think it plays on nostalgia for a lot of us mm-hmm. of a certain age who did mm-hmm. grow up watching stuff like this, like, you know, VHS tapes and um, grew up with analog technology. Just in general, thinking about your childhood is very comforting and it evokes these really nice, warm, fuzzy feelings. And I do feel a lot of those feelings when I watch this, but then it's also clashing against this very unsettling feeling Mm -hmm. because it's wrong and i think that juxtaposition is so brilliant Mm -hmm. like it really analog horror and and gemini home entertainment in particular really plays with your expectations in a very fun way and i think um disrupts your comfort zone by Mm -hmm. presenting you this scary story in a format that a lot of us associate with being comforting and Mm -hmm. i think that or at the least like not comforting but at least like you know what you're supposed to be yeah it's it's like habitual yeah because i think familiar and that's um we talked about skinamarink that's kind of how i felt with skinamarink it evokes feelings of childhood and for me personally, I do revert to a lot of things from my childhood to feel comfort. Like, yeah. I will watch old videos and movies that I watched as a kid. I still have a lot of my VHS tapes from when I was a kid, and I refuse to get rid of them because they're very comforting to me. I'll go back and, and watch Billy and Mandy, but like, every couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, like, we do, because we view this time through a lens of nostalgia we do maybe dis- dismiss some of the less comfortable aspects of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in our brains, when we're seeking comfort from nostalgia, you know, your brain wants to forget about all of the bad things that might have happened in the past. Or, like, we were very, all three of us were very, very young children when nine eleven happened. So, mm-hmm. like, that's... That kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's looming over the media we consumed, but when we're consuming it in hindsight, you, you tend to forget about that because mm-hmm. we just have those good memories. Yeah. So I think that by creating this kind of media that evokes those feelings from childhood, but does also still make you uncomfortable, it kind of 
forces us to confront those yucky feelings that our brains tend to forget about. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if this is making any sense, but anyway, I really like... It makes absolute sense. I love mm-hmm. having that sense of safety challenge. And of course, there are days where I just like having the safety bubble, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying the comfort of media from your childhood, but... When I'm in the mood for it, I also very much enjoy having that comfort challenged. Same. Well, and like coming from the perspective of like these being quote unquote informational videos, it makes you kind of look back to our childhood where we took so much of this information at face value. Like we watch, you know, you're in science class and you just expect them like, oh, yeah, they're telling me the truth. Or like you go to history and you expect, oh, yeah, they're telling me the truth. And then now that we're older and we have the benefit of hindsight it's interesting to re-examine these forms that we consumed this um, information that we took at face value when we were younger because we didn't know any better. And now that we do know a little bit more about the world and how it operates, and then we are given this comforting format again, but delivered with such sinister undertones, it kind of makes me at least question like going back of like how much of what I consumed when I was younger had some sort of sinister ulterior motive. Like that's just something I'm putting on this mm-hmm. of why I like I, I think it's related to what you were saying, Kai, and I find that to be fascinating. Also, can I go on a quick tangent? Absolutely. Yes. It's so wild to me how like the smartest people I know, and sometimes I'll hear myself do this, I, and I'm not the smartest person I know, but they'll make these amazing observations and then have to end it with, I don't know, or but I'm not there. And it's like it's so well, like it's just something that's been ingrained in us that we can't just you know find pride in our thoughts or the examinations of like deeper concepts that don't have like these real information i'm not saying anyone who does this including myself is wrong for doing it it's just it's buck wild to me that i'll hear someone say some of the smartest shit i've ever heard and then back it up with but i don't know and i'm like no you do know that's so smart <laughs> well but, but yeah. here's the thing like going back to what we were saying we don't know if what we're saying is 100% observably true it's just an insight from our own brains so we don't yeah, really know I guess that's yeah that's why I say mm-hmm. that um I mm-hmm. have I growing up in school as a quote unquote smart kid I'm very self conscious about coming off as a know it all so mm-hmm. I yeah I'll present like these observations but I do like to kind of add a bit of dis- dismissal of like well You know, just because I'm making this observation doesn't mean I think I'm smarter than you. This is just my thoughts, and you can accept it or not. And I guess sometimes I feel like I need to clarify that. I think that's absolutely fair and valid. I think for me, I'm coming at it from a perspective of I will hear, you know, cishet white men say the dumbest shit (laughs) I've ever heard. And be confident that it's true. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, again, I wouldn't mind people, like, us having a discussion with the open understanding of, like, none of us know. Like, we're all just throwing out ideas and seeing what bounces and what sticks and what's what's true and what's not. And I is, I feel like there's some way we can wrap this tangent back into Gemini home entertainment in terms of questioning and certainty and uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, there is also... I just, oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Nope, I, I didn't know where that thought was going. <laughs> it's over now. <laughs> well, there is a, I think this is part of the reason why there's also a whole genre of YouTube and TikTok videos that are dedicated to analyzing analog horror. Just as much as there are, 
you know, tons of analog horror videos out there, there's a big community that's dedicated just to analyzing it and providing interpretations, which I love because I think that uh, people in that community do go in with the understanding of like, my interpretation could be wrong, but here's my thoughts on it. And I Mm -hmm. want to share this with you and maybe everyone, maybe other people have insight to bring to it. We love discussion. We do. Discussion. Open good faith discussion. It feeds my fucking soul. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So I did want to put a spotlight on a video that I enjoyed. Um, It's a video on YouTube by Nexpo. And it's called Gemini and the End of the World. It is like two and a half hours long. But it's a pretty cool analysis of Gemini Home Entertainment. And kind of breaks down like here are some possible themes here's some possible ideas that might be going on here um it might not have like it came out a while ago so some of the newer gemini home entertainment shorts are not covered but it provides a pretty solid analysis of the series if anyone's interested in that and um if i would say because i do recommend gemini home entertainment i think it's fantastic i think as many people should watch it as possible. But I also understand that this is particularly scary. So -hmm. if you do not like scary things, I completely understand. And um, I would recommend the Nexpo video as a type of alternative, maybe. Like, I do think it's a little less scary when you're watching it through someone else. Yeah, somebody trying to examine it. So if you're interested in this series, but maybe it sounds like it's too scary for you, this video is a pretty good basis. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's also worth mentioning that Gemini Home Entertainment is not complete yet. It's still ongoing. I mean, the newest um, episode was came out in June, so it's still Mm -hmm. ongoing. Mm -hmm. And I do have to give a shout out. Remy Abode is the name of the creator. Major props. Yeah. Like fabulous fucking work. Well done. Yeah. Um um yeah. Oh, go ahead. This it just makes me want to see more things like this. Maybe not with the same premise or the same format specifically, but what's bouncing around in my brain um on informational uh stuff that gets corrupted. Um, when I was a kid, we watched the eyewitness documentaries and Bill Nye the Science Guy. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I would love to see, um, like a series in which like we have somebody explaining something like it's true, but it's like fucked up and weird, um, (laughs) like that, you know? You have, like, a voiceover, mm-hmm. or you have, like, a Bill Nye-type figure who's, like, trying to explain stuff to you, and there's just, like, this bullshit going on that's, like, fucked up and weird, and you don't really know what what's going on, but, like, you know, you're trying to get that explanation out, and it's just so vague and threatening that you can't really comprehend it totally. Right? Yeah. Oh, that'd be genius. One other thing I do want to mention is I, and granted, I know because it's true of any fan base, but I do really enjoy engaging with the analog horror fan base because sometimes I do genuinely get like really creeped out and like I have that physical sensation of terror in my body. And then I'll look it up on Tumblr or on TikTok and they have really funny videos that help it become easier to digest. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because you know we all cope through humor. There's like one video I saw someone made an animated short based on this, where it's like the good ending of Gemini Home Entertainment, where the planet tries to swallow Earth, and then it just basically shatters around it, and you just hear like a really badass rock song as like Earth has sunglasses descending over yeah. its face, like can't be devoured. And again, like that's, that's good. That's going in the face of like the whole element of cosmic horror, but that's also kind of part of the fun because, like, you know, if we know we can't face it or defeat it, why not have a few laughs along the way? Like, what is it? I think there was a meme going around where someone was like, uncomprehendable horrors to you. I can comprehend them just fine. (laughs) It's it's an Um, unidentified flying object to you. I know what it is, though. (laughs) exactly just like that very um human element of like (laughs) fuck you which like often is not helpful but in this Mm -hmm. very funny specific context it is kind of funny and helps you swallow the mm -hmm. horrors a little bit better i really like this idea of aliens and like that kind of thing um becoming more prevalent in our um in our culture again just because like i really love like alien invasion stories and i'm thinking about like nope and this and there there are a few other things it's like um well hell, like the block island sound yeah the block island sound we we've just had like a, a resurgence of uh like movies in which like there's some kind of alien presence um and I, I really like that. I like that we're playing around with like this other from another world again, and um, how we're interpreting this as like something animalistic or natural, um, instead yeah. of it being more about like, oh, it's a thing from another world. We need to to beat it, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been rewatching a lot of old Star Trek lately, and I forgot how much they do kind of dig into cosmic horror, but it's mm-hmm. like that idea of nihilism versus absurdism, where, like, you know, yeah. nothing matters or nothing makes sense, and you can so easily get wrapped up into the existential dread of it all. And I think they do in Star Trek a couple times. Star like, Trek. There is something like Deep Root where, like, they, if they don't, like, fix it in the next 24 hours, they will all die, and they're all really fucking scared. But then there's also, like, I remember there was one quote where, like, they look at this mass of, like, that's another Earth. That's impossible. But yet it is. Let's go poke it. (laughs) (laughs) I I love how Star Trek kind of uh, just, like, has all of these, like, weird fucking things going on in it. And then they're just like, yeah, but we learned how to deal. And then Captain Kirk puts on his sunglasses and then you hear, yeah! They say, I'm gonna fuck the unknown entity. (laughs) I I guess so. You know, that's the the thing about being alive, is like, Mm -hmm. there are things out of your control, and you don't know what's gonna happen, and you're constantly being proved wrong. Yeah. And... Um, I, I love that too, like the... Yeah, and having your preconceived notions challenged, and so, mm-hmm. you know, for me, there's great joy in the idea that we, that the, that things are outside of our control, you know? Like, I know it's you can choose to view it through a nihilistic lens of like, well, nothing matters and we're all gonna die, um... But for me, there's great joy in that, because 
if nothing matters, then you can do whatever you want with your life. And, you know, you have freedom, basically. And as long as, obviously, you're not hurting other people along the way, but it, I, I just find it to be freeing. It's like, well... I yeah, everything here in the clock of the wheel. Yeah, it's or like the every wheel of the clock. I don't know. <laughs> everything's gonna come to an end eventually. But yeah, you can find joy in the small moments of your life, and mm-hmm. you know that that's not necessarily a negative thing. And you just enjoy what you've got while you've got it, and that's all we can do, and that's the best way we can choose to cope. Yeah, with anything. Yeah. And you can engage with it in a sense of curiosity and creativity. I mean, that's what Gemini Home Entertainment did. Like, it's engaging with these terrifying concepts that very much resonate with real world fears and real world anxieties. But, like, it's kind of fun to delve into those things because it makes it more understandable or that feeling is able to be processed in, like, a controlled environment. And I think that's part of why I love horror as a whole. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think I think a lot of people have this fear that like um that your body can be taken over and you'll do things that you don't necessarily want to do. Like I feel like that's why we have possession stories or body snatcher stories or you know, things like that in which you know, there's something and it just takes over your body and you don't know how to deal with it. Um but I find it, like, fascinating that, you know, you know, that's that's something that we all just, like, kind of have a shared fear of. And I feel like learning how to, like, deal with that fear is great. And yeah. so well, playing I, around with those concepts is I find it super fun. cathartic yeah. as a disabled person because my body literally isn't under my control. Yeah. And, and, um... So I really love those kinds of stories because it helps me feel like I can learn to still cope with that Mm -hmm. fact. I mean, a lot of times, like, things do happen to your body that you didn't expect, especially as you get older. And Mm -hmm. that that doesn't have to be a bad thing, that you can still learn how to cope with it. And obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, not going to compare that to, like, parasite or possession stories but those types of stories do make me feel more comfortable mm-hmm. in my own body i guess because i'm being exposed to that fear yeah then it kind of i don't know it just helps me accept it yeah yeah absolutely um i was trying to think there was one thing oh this is nothing to do with anything um smart we said i just like that they turned the bear uh, when there was that one graphic of the bear into a yeah, and the bear tiny turns... creature. That was great. Yeah. Yes. Love that. Spooky bear. I love scary bears. Scary yeah. bears. This is Annihilation would pair well. Yeah. Like a nice wine yeah. and cheese. Yeah. Mm. Like, the, there there are quite a few, like, movies that I would, like, pair together with this, and that's one of them. I feel like Nope would be another good one. Yeah. Uh, Color Out of Space. Skinamarink. Yeah. Color Out of Space. We love aliens and cosmic horror in this house. We love it. We love it. Shit's whack. I feel like I haven't seen it yet, but this does make me want to watch 
one of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, probably more the one from the 70s, because that has a more nihilistic yeah. tone than the one in the 50s. That, that one has communists are scary. And <laughs> Jeff Goldblum in it, and it's mm-hmm. great. And then Donald Sutherland's weird little face at the end. Yeah. You know, I would love, and I've been saying this ever since I was in high school, I would love to see a, a modern remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. Because I think just because our society has changed so much since mm-hmm. the 70s, I would love to see what a modern take on it could be. And I think, like, something like this would be the perfect take on, like, give Invasion of the Body Snatchers to an analog horror creator. Yeah. I would love that. But can I, can I also pitch something? Because to me, yes. the closest thing we have to a modern Invasion of the Body Snatchers is us. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But that's not yeah. so much cosmic as it is like an internal, like we did this to ourselves kind of thing, which I fucking, mm-hmm. I kind of fucking love. Like, goddamn, every time yeah. I think about Jordan Peele as a creator, I get almost hysterical with how fucking good it is. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I love that stuff. I mean, like, we, he plays around with that, like, being replaced basically and get out too like mm-hmm. uh, you know your body is not your own anymore and there's a consciousness in there that isn't yours and you you basically just like have to deal with that um in in terms of like the racism and the possession of of black bodies and yeah. Oh, we should definitely do episodes on a Jordan Peele movie at we some point. We should. God, we please. really should. Oh, so good. But this, yeah, this so was excellent. I... And it's also free. Like, that's the other thing I love is, like, these excellent masterclasses of terror that I have seen unparalleled. Like, you don't have to go to the movie theater. You don't have to pay for a ticket. You don't have to um, rent it on Amazon or anything. You can just look it up on YouTube and they have playlists for you. Yeah. 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 I, I do highly recommend Jim and I home entertainment if you're not scared easily. Yeah. Um, this is like one of those where they build up anticipation really well, but it's like very mundane and like kind of quiet and slow with it, which in my mind makes it worse than anything that has like, um, like, you know, more fast paced adrenaline kind of mm-hmm. the yeah. the slowness is what really gets you. It like creeps up on you and gets in your brain and and yeah. scares you. Spooky. It yeah. scares you. <laughs> so thank you guys for talking about this today. Yeah. And as always, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. This was kind of a short episode, but I feel like that's just because... We're at the hour mark. Well, I mean, like, we we also have, like, oh, you're right. bits that were just us talking into yeah. the void because our internet came out. You're right. Um, but this was kind of a short one, but I feel like that's just because, like, they give you very limited information about what's going on and you kind of just have to piece it together yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that it's ongoing. But, yeah. And the fact that like we, there's, there's still stuff being made basically. That being said, I, yeah. I love this conversation we've had. Like this is again, it's, oh, me I don't know about y'all. It feels like the more horror movies I watch, the harder it is to scare me. Um, But with analog mm-hmm. horror, that's not usually the case. Even something that's hell, I don't mean to diminish it because it is scary, but something that's literally based off of Five Nights at Freddy's can really get under my skin. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should cover the Walton Files at some point. We should. I think we're definitely going to cover more analog horror in the future. Mm -hmm. This is um, definitely like a wild time to be trying to make horror content because a lot of the studios are part of the AMPTP and it's it's a hard thing and I appreciate you guys uh bearing with me because I I know y'all are writers um and performers sometimes but I really just want to stand by the the people on strike and I know y'all do too because yeah no problem and it's hard for the rules with us too because we're on a not as you know yeah but this does give us a chance to also promote some independent creators, basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was really fun. If you would like to hear more from us, you can follow us on social media. We are Chainsaw Matinee across the board. We've got TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Um, Chainsaw Matinee on everything. So, hello. <laughs> so... We do also have a Patreon if you feel like throwing some extra funds our way. Mm-hmm. I would really like to get to the point where we can hire an editor because I am going back to school as of next week. Yeah. As of the time this episode comes out. So um, it would help a lot if we could have an editor and some extra help around. Uh, so yeah. Check that out. We do have some bonus episodes on there. We'll probably make more bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, as always, just thank you guys for tuning in. Stay safe out there and get as much joy out of life as you can. Because it's... Because you never know when an alien might take over your body and have you scream help in the woods. Did <laughs> anyone try romancing the iris? Did anyone try that option? Oh, um, now that's a good... Hmm. Maybe we should consider that. This is a giant leap for monster fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) May your nightmares be plentiful. (laughs) Plentiful of Jupiter's big (laughs) hole. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm actually not. That was good.